Hello. Hey. I just go straight to. I think we're all on. It says yes. we're yes. <laughs> We are in. Okay. Fabulous. We reloaded. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Hi guys. We're <laughs> <laughs> a bit flustered now. Yes. Your, oh shoot! I've lost my bearings. Oh, I'm not used to being not in the bottom left corner now. Okay, welcome to your aunties could never. I'm Auntie AK, and I'm here with Auntie Farah, <laughs> Auntie Nana, and Auntie Shade. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. This is episode 49, 49, 49, 49. And we are st starting later than normal. And because of technical hitches, we do apologize. This stuff happens. Um, good evening, everybody. Thank you for sticking with us and holding out. It's been a bit of a nightmare. Um, so we haven't even got time to faff, but we're just quickly going to get into it. What was I going to say? But just wanted to quickly say, you know, RIP to Fenty Fashion Line. It's gone. But I don't think we miss it because the makeup and the lingerie makes up for a very weird time, I must say. The only thing that we're going to miss is the sunglasses. Like, she actually had the baddest sunglasses. Oh, did she? I didn't even see them. Oh, her sunglasses were amazing. But clothing, who cares, really? I mean, she's doing so well with the makeup and the lingerie. And I, I just said, Rihanna's fashion sense isn't really one that I latch on to. Really? I don't see, I don't, I can't think of standout pieces on her day to day. I don't think she's necessarily, there's just, there's been, there's a lot of questionable outfits I've seen. I don't know. Oh no. Yeah. I like her lingerie. Her lingerie is amazing. Like if she said she wasn't doing that anymore, I'd be quite upset. But I could, don't give a toss about her. Um, <laughs> the Fenty <laughs> line. I don't care. Like, like I'm with you. It's a little bit like, hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Welcome to the family. We are welcoming to the family. I mean, he's been our nephew. No, he's like a cousin, I feel like. He's just, he's not, he's too young, too, too old to be a nephew. He's a cousin. Mr. Daniel Kalua. We're picking him up. All of us are just super fans. I mean, we've been fans. The man's a talented, talented actor. I did have some clips that I was editing, but because the way that this day has gone. Let's not. I, let's not even bother. So... <laughs> <laughs> just to say, I don't know if you guys have seen, like he's on, he's doing the press run right now for Judas and the Black Messiah, where he plays Chairman Fred Hampton, uh, Black Panther. Uh, he was head of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party in America, and um, he was assassinated, unfortunately, by the FBI at the age of 21, which is mind-boggling that at 21, this is this is the movement that's happening. But um, Daniel Kaluuya's performance of Chairman Hampton was phenomenal, very on point. Also starring um, Lakeith Stansfield, who plays the guy William O'Neill, who um, basically was a rat to the FBI, FBI and basically contributed to the assassination of Fred. But all we're kind of what we're really proud of is Daniel is such a smooth talker. He knows his facts. He knows how to handle interviews. He's been doing the American press run because it's released in America at the moment. And um, so he's been on The Breakfast Club and he was on another show. He's just dropping bars and gems when he's being asked difficult questions and he's handling them like a G. And we love we love Daniel. So Definitely. welcome, cousin Daniel, to the auntie's family. And there's it. Now let's get into the news. What have you heard? Is where we pick a news story from the past week or today, and we discuss it and get into it. So, Auntie Farah, please take it away. So I begrudgingly, my news. I'm going to talk about um, Preeti Patel. Um, 
because it's begrudgingly because I hate giving this woman any more flipping media or whatever it is, but any more. I can't think today. My brain is frozen. I hate giving this woman any more attention. That's the word I was looking for. Um, than she deserves. But basically, she a couple of days ago she was on LBC and she was talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. And when questioned when questioned about it, she said that she believes that it was dreadful and she doesn't support it at all. And she doesn't support um, the taking a knee movement. She, you know, she's not in support of anything like that. She says there are other ways to do things, and the way that this was done was not good, and and um, the way that they treated the police wasn't good, and all this stuff. So my thing is obviously. There's been a lot of backlash to do with her comments. Um, my, my question really is, do you think that she is fit to be Home Secretary? And um, do you, what do you think about her comments about the Black Lives Matter movement? Auntie Nana. Um, Preeti is doing exactly what is needed. But aside from that, what it really made me think about was um, us as the black community need to start exercising our um, our powers to remove people. Like nobody could say close to what she said about any type of Jewish activism. And it's like, actually, that she still has a job is a failing on the black population. And we should all be actively rallying for her to be removed because it's only our voices that are going to make that happen. It's not going to come from government because she's saying what everybody wants to be said. But we could remove her because effectively she is a brown woman. So she's dispensable. So if we actually use our voices rightly, this could this could happen. But because we're not and we're complaining amongst ourselves, She'll keep on preteying. Auntie Shade. Um, well, you know, I'm not a fan. Um, I I wonder whether why she was asked this question now. Do you know what I mean? Like, what was the relevance? Like, it just doesn't seem topical to me right now. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know obviously it's an important issue, obviously, being black people and all that kind of thing, but I just thought it's just like it almost like like, are you trying to stoke racial tensions? Like, what what is your what is your agenda here? Um, it just seemed really out of the blue. Like, maybe she wants attention or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it could backfire for her. Um, but I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I I really don't know what the agenda is. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, she she should go. I auntie know in terms of like. Yeah, it's probably us, but I, I, but at the same time, I still don't know how. She's at such a high position. I don't know if it will be taken as seriously um, and whether it will actually make a difference. I do think that by doing this, she's lost any hope of ever becoming prime minister. I don't know if that was her goal, but I feel like she's that it's not going it to, it won't happen now um, because of this. So she's kind of shot herself in the foot. But yeah, that's my uh, yeah, I, I was. I'm with you, Sean. I didn't. Un, I didn't understand where this came from. But in looking at it, she was on um, LBC, and they were talking about the events of last summer. So that led to it. So whether that was a purposeful question to lead her up, like lead her down a garden path, I don't know. But her answer is just so boring. It's just so. There's not even not even an ounce. She did that, and she did the whole 
right wing, you know, the way that conservative politicians speak about these protests, like that's not the right way to do it. But I don't know what else, because marching is our right, our civil right. So and and I think over here we didn't have riots to the extent of like maybe, you know, we didn't have riots. We just had people protesting, protesting and marching. Um, we saw a few statue topplings, which weren't as deep as, you know, what happened in America comparatively. So the way she, what she talk again, it's like, what else is people, people supposed to do? We're not allowed to take the knee. We're not allowed to protest. But yeah, it's our civil right to protest. What other way do we protest, Pretty? Like, what's your suggestion, please, to all the people that protested in a peaceful, rightful way? What is the alternative? She didn't offer that. And she just said, no, it, it just, it just, she just sat there. I don't know. But, um, this also, I do think it's a bit of race-based, race-stoking. And maybe it's that thing where they want to use black anger, black Twitter and all that type of stuff to rebuke Pretty so they can get her out indirectly. I don't, I mean, I, don't, I just don't know where she sits in favour with the, with, the, with the right wing, with the conservatives, because I don't know how long, because as you said, Auntie Nana, she's dispensable. So how long is this brown woman going to be used as opposed to child of racism? Um, how does it work for her? I, I, I don't see her being prime minister. I don't believe this country's ready for that. Um, and she's definitely not the person, even though she's executing, she's speaking for certain people in certain ways. She's not liked. I don't think anyone likes her. So I just don't know what tool she, what purpose she serves at this point. I mean, she's definitely a vessel of nonsense, but I want to know what her fall will be. What will happen when her, when she falls down the mountain? What is it? What's going to be her, um, what's the word? wrongdoing outdoing or whatever the word is i can't think but yeah what, what will bring her down i'm curious auntie farah so she had um when she was in the interview she had the chance to clarify her statements and she said that she's not against p- protesting she's just against the demonstrations that took place last year so they weren't protests they were what? demonstrations this is what I'm waiting for her to clarify. What is the difference? But that's what she said. I'm not against protest, but I am against the demonstrations that took place last year. She went on to say that the, the way that um, the protesters treated the police was was um, disgusting. She said that um, we shouldn't be, as far as toppling the, the statues goes, she said we shouldn't be erasing our history. And she doesn't support any of that. Um, you know, her comments, her comments, I think you've all said it, her comments were quite disgusting. She didn't mention the fact that there were anti, um, not anti-racism, there were protests from white, right wing, what are they called again? The guys, the, the, the white side, what, like, what the they call right. The far the right. right. So yeah. she didn't mention about the process that took place with the far right happening on the same day and all the arrests that happened. Um, when they were pissing on statues and fighting with and fighting with police officers and being aggressive, she didn't even mention that not once. Um, Pretty Patel, Pretty Patel, whichever way you want to call her, she's not unpretty to me. That's what I'm going to call her. She is basically a racist gatekeeper, and she is stoking the fires of racism, but she's also holding it because it benefits her. And there are a lot of these these types of people who are black or brown, and they do it for their own benefit. She doesn't care about what happens to people. How can you stand there and say that you're against the protest and the meaning of them, even though the vast majority of them, I would go as far as say at least 95% of the protesting was peaceful. And when it wasn't peaceful, it was because it was the way that it was handled by the um, by the police, by the Metropolitan Police. She, I, I don't think that she's fit to be uh, Home Secretary. She's failed in so many ways. 
there are people who are in, uh, you know, from the Windrush scandal who still have yet to be compensated from that. That's all down to her. The way that the quarantining is being handled, that's all down to her. It's not being handled well. You know, she is responsible for a lot of things. And rather than focusing on what she's responsible for, she's sitting there basically saying, I'm against the peaceful protesting that where people felt the need because of how they're treated, because systemic racism. It's just, she she just needs to go. She's not a reflection of us. Um, Sadiq Khan was on uh, GMB this morning, I think he was on GMB, and when asked about how he feels, he basically chuckled. He chuckled and said, you know, before he started speaking, he chuckled and said that she's clearly not fit and then listed her failures. She, as I said, she's a gatekeeper for these races in, in within her own party and within the government, full stop. She, she's got no chance of being a prime minister. Who knows what she's been promised, but it's not to our benefit whatsoever. I just want to know what goes on in her house. Like, what has she got children? Like, her poor children. Her poor. I don't children. think she's got children. I'm not. Yeah, no. I don't think her and her husband have got children yet. I mean, yeah. Let that be. The, I'm sorry. I don't. I mean, yeah. Have your children for sure. But oh gosh, she needs to change her whole mindset. Those children will be so broken and damaged, and believing they're like white supremacists and looking in the mirror one day, my oh god, I'm brown. Like it looks like she's going to raise them in a house of no mirrors and tell them that they've got this different type of existence. Weird. She's a weird anomaly. I don't get it. I don't get why she's at all. She's definitely an agent, but I don't get it. To what end? You want to get some comments? Please. Okay. All right. So we start off with Nicola and she says, poor auntie's pancake day and they are being flipped about by the technical gremlins. Why am I imagining little munchkins running, running around? Thank you, Nicola. And Natasha says, no, she is not fit. Also, she only mentioned the BLM. What about the far right traveling to London? Does she agree with that? We have Sistrin says they are using her and she is the fool thinking the Tories are her people. They keep her there because it's far easier to use this brown woman as a vessel to dismiss other black and brown people and put us down that it that it would be for a white. Uh, I guess it's easier for her to put us down than it would be for a white male to do the same thing. And Red Border says, Re Preeti Patel, not all skin folk are kin folk. A queer says, not so pretty, is racist and is happy to push anyone under the bus for her own furtherment. She said that it, uh, she said that to show her paymasters that she's a good and obedient dog. She wants to be Trump, and for her, it's by any means necessary. Ronald says we may need an equivalent of the NAACP or Urban League. They issue statements and file lawsuits on behalf of the black community. That is exactly what we need over here. Um, Red Border says she has a child. Oh, dear. And Nicola further cements that she has a son, apparently. That poor, confused child. That's what I'm saying. Like... Weird. I, I mean, imagine saying, "Oh, my mom's ever has a racist experience." It's going to be the, her son is going to be so confused because you know she's not teaching him about anything. She's just I, not. I feel like her like son is white facing, though. Yeah, but even if he's white facing, you can be white facing, and if they find out that you're not completely white, that can have a big, um, you know, a big backlash as well. So it's weird. 
She's a weirdo. I don't I'm understand. Her. Immigrants. I just don't understand people like that at all. I just don't get it. I wonder in her. I wonder in her community. Is she favoured in her community? Because you know, there's you know, there's an I don't know. There's a business alignment from those certain communities that have business interests that align with the conservatives and are for them because they see them getting their business rights upheld and stuff like that and their social standing within government. So I wonder how she fares within her her own racial community, whether people are like, okay, no, no, we know what we get what Pretty's doing, she's there for us. Or Kai's a weird one. And we do, we have I've had, we've, I think Nana and I've had this conversation before in our other groups that we need do well, do we need like an NAACP for the UK and how the hell would it start? How would it work? All that type of stuff. Are we moving on? Sorry, I was just on mute very quickly. Just to say, she's been MP of Whitton since 2010. Whitton? Okay. Where the hell is Whitton? That's what I'm Googling. <laughs> Whitham. Wherever that is. Well, well, anyway, let's move on to the next topic, which is... The last oh, go on. comment that just came in um, is, all teenagers turn against their parents. She'll get hers at home. No worries. And that was from a queer. Thank you. Auntie Sade, your story next. Okay, so um, my story is about Kalina Collier, uh, an American blue jet air stewardess who's accused of falsifying a claim that she was kidnapped and held against her will at the Ocean Coral Spring Resort in Jamaica. So <laughs> there's a lot of bits of this information of this story all over the internet, but I'll try and bring it together for you. Um, basically, Kalina say, arrived in Jamaica um, on the 28th, um, and she was planning to go back to the US uh, on the 1st of December, uh, 1st of February, sorry. Um, so she arrived on 28th of Jan and was going to go back on the 1st of February. However, on the 1st year, she did a test and it came back positive. And then she actually done another test and it came back negative. But because she had the first positive result, they were just like, okay, let's do it one more time. And she done it again and she got, and it was positive. So two out of three, you're going to get quarantined, basically. So she was quarantined as within um, the rules within um, Jamaica for 14 days. Um, the hotel that she's staying at, they offered to comp her, extended stay, do you know what I mean? And for her to stay there so she wouldn't stay in like a government-run um, facility. Um, but she became increasingly frustrated and upset that she couldn't leave. Uh, and... This is where it kind of got a bit tricky because she alleged, <laughs> well, allegedly she went to social media. She done some, allegedly done some um, uh, Insta lives. Um, I say this because it's very hard to find this footage. I don't know if anyone out, out there has seen it, but she done some Insta lives and alluded to the fact of being held against the will. She alluded to the fact of being kidnapped. Allegedly she alluded that she was fearful of being sex trafficked and um, was basically kind of helping on discrediting the hotel's reputation. And she also suggested um, that there were hidden cameras in her hotel room. Um, someone has come out and said that those aren't hidden cameras. They're just monitor, like sensor monitors, that sort of thing. And she's now left, obviously, 14 days have passed and she's now left Jamaica. Um, and in a statement on her Instagram, she said that um that she's been silent because she hasn't been speaking that much about it recently and she's been silent about it because 
uh, things will be handled uh, legally. Um, and then, you know, with, with her kind of coming out and saying that she was like scared and fearful for her life and that sort of thing, there were some influencers with really big following that, you know, picked up her story and was talking to her, um, what do you call it, their audiences about it. So people asked for those influencers to apologize. Um, and also for, for basically for spreading misinformation. And then also some people also calling her to be banned from Jamaica entirely. Um, her employer has, is now conducting an investigation as well. So yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's a bit peak, <laughs> basically. So my question to you guys is, do you believe her? Or do you believe uh, the the hotel kind of accounts or the, the border tourism for Jamaicans accounts of things? If you don't believe her, what do you think should happen? And do you think that if it was just a case of like, you know, maybe she was fearful, has she got the right, the right to portray that fearfulness as there are increasing um, amounts of reports of sex trafficking across the Caribbean? Ooh, and, one. Auntie Farah. Oh, you want to come to the Caribbean one? Not really. Boy, she's lying. She's blatantly lying. Like the thing is about saying she was fearful of, of, of sex trafficking, then don't go there in the first place. If you're so fearful, why do find why the hell did you find your ass there? Because from you left the airport to go to your hotel, however you went to your hotel, there was always the chance that someone could have took you somewhere and kidnapped you and done something to you. So if you're fearful of that, don't go nowhere. Why are you an air hostess? Because people get sex trafficked from all over the world. So what is she talking about? I feel like she is discrediting the Jamaican government. I feel like she definitely is. She got caught with COVID, didn't want to quarantine, wanted to go home, was making up noise. I think this is a load of nonsense. If you go on Instagram, there are so many pages about her at the moment. So there's ones that are like her army. There's she is a liar. There's she's missing. There's so many different things that you can find out about her. But um, I just think her story was a little bit excessive, you know, you're you're scared that you're going to get sex trafficked from where did anything happen to you did did an event actually happen where you left on your own on the streets no you weren't you were put in a nice hotel they were catering for you in that hotel what's the issue you wait your 14 days out you're not even paying for it what's the issue it just seems like a lot to do against a particular country I just, yeah I'm, I'm not for it i'm not standing for that sorry auntie nana yeah, she pulled out almost every single cliche, stereotype, all the fears in one kind of heap was taking place for her in Jamaica. It was, I think it's disgusting. Really, she should be thoroughly punished. She should lose her job. All of the influencers that jumped on this as well, it, it comes part and parcel with it. You have to apologise because they helped spread this further than she would have been able to so now they have to apologize but she should definitely be punished for this it's not okay to just kind of falsify what's going on in your life because you wanted to go back home and so I keep on thinking what did she think was going to take place like somehow the uh, I don't know like the CIA was going to swoop in and and take her home or something like just what was she thinking was going to be the result of all the lies it's, it's so weird but how old is she? Is she young? Yeah, but I don't know how young, actually. Um, I don't think she's... Young people live in, like, a fanciful reality. Like, 
it's every day seems to be like they're in a sitcom. And this just seems like the weirdest. But sometimes I think young people just think they can they can do these things and then it'll be like, oh, you know, I, I, I feared for my life. Like, really, you should really be fearing for your life though. And you're in a nice hotel. So how endangered were you? But yeah, she should be punished, definitely. Um, I'm just trying to get into the story. It sounds like a crock of shit. And um, I, I can definitely understand that if you tested negative, then positive and negative or whatever, I probably would be like, I'm not staying. I'm getting out. I'm not staying. But what I wouldn't do is accuse a country of trying to kidnap me because it's obvious, like, the, the hotel's doing due diligence. No one wants negative press. No country wants negative press. You've got countries that are depending on tourism to keep just to keep afloat in these troubled times. So they don't want the bad press. No, I, it doesn't make sense for the hotel to do the most in this situation, especially if it's Jamaica versus America. It's just so easily that Jamaica will get downtrodden and get the bad press against going against an American and, and the army that's behind them. Um, so it just sounds like a, a, a lot of nonsense. And it it's just too easy. Yeah, you, you feel like you're negative. It doesn't seem like she's got COVID because all this talking that she's talking, it doesn't seem like she's got the illness. So maybe understandably, okay, you're frustrated. You don't think you've got COVID. The test came back negative, then positive. So it looks like it's a false negative, a false positive. I can understand me like thinking of all the ways of my girls, like, but like, I'm not staying here. How do I get out? All that's normal. But then don't just, when you get caught, you get caught. Don't then turn on a whole country because it's so easy to down on so-called third world countries, developing countries and just make them look bad against the West and all that type of stuff. And nah, yeah, you need to get punished for, for, for doing whatever you did and however you did it. You need to get punished. Ban from Jamaica, yeah, well, what do you need to go back to Jamaica for? Because you're going to get kidnapped. So if you get a lifetime ban to Jamaica, that's that's your business. Because in theory, you're scared, isn't it? Because you're going to get kidnapped. So you shouldn't really want to go back there anyway. So that's okay. You get banned. It's fine. Um, and everyone else who just, were, again, running for the headlines and all that type of stuff, spreading false information. I don't have much more to add than, yeah, you get in trouble and it doesn't sound very true. And it, it seems more feasible that you thought of a way to get out of it and it failed. That's my thing. Auntie Shadow. Yeah, I agree. I agree with everything that you guys are saying. She's 22, by the way, so she is quite young. Although I would say, like, Gorilla Girl, Gorilla Glue Girl, she's 14. I mean, age isn't a thing, do you know what I mean? But, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just think that maybe she was speaking and was, like, using very triggering terms to kind of get out of it, and she didn't think it through totally, do you know what I mean? Or didn't um, realise the impact that it would have or how fast it would spread. And then, you know, when you're caught in a lie, you, some people, they just keep digging, digging, digging or sticking their heels in that they're just going to keep going with it because actually if she admitted it, then she would be responsible for maybe damages. Like at this point, she can't necessarily like, you know, it's, 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 it's um, I, I don't know if, it's, if it was a legal case and it was in the States and I guess it's defamation of character or something like that towards the hotel no um but it does feel what is interesting though which which I do love it's just like that the you know the Jamaicans they have come together and they're just like nope not here nope we're not gonna have it not one goddamn bit do you know what I mean because she was coming against the hotel but they took it as like you're coming against the island and we're not having it and I I I think that is great and I think that's something that you know we can learn from uh, and should probably do more of um as well and I do think that the, you know, it does kind of feed into some of those like what we hear of like those negative like stereotypes that that Americans 
have of the islands kind of thing. And it's just like, you know what, you got to understand, like, I don't know if everyone here has been to Jamaica, but I certainly have. And like, it's not, the resort is probably like the safest place you could potentially be, to be honest, because it doesn't make for good press if people, if things happen to you there. Do you know what I mean? And it doesn't matter if you're British or American or whatever kind of thing, you're a guest, you're welcome, you're home, almost that kind of thing. And it's like, it, it just seems quite ludicrous to think that that would be the hotel's intention. It doesn't, it just doesn't ring true with so many people's experiences. So on that basis, I don't believe her. One thing I'd like to say as well, when you travel to a foreign country, you should read what their, what their legislation is on COVID or anything. You should be aware of it, especially at this time. So. Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. You're taking a big risk to go away and then you're going to, you know, I don't know. It's just, it just, and her being 22, I can just imagine trying to do the same thing. I just wouldn't do the extra bit. I can imagine trying to, I'm going to sneak out, you know, I'm going to try and get out. It's all normal. You're 22. People might have forgive, forgiven you if you didn't try and turn it into this whole thing and make it bigger than it needed to be. That, that. It's the same as the other girl, isn't it? What's her and her boyfriend? Oh, yes. Yeah. Zara Holland, Zara. was it? And the thing is, it's so strange to me. Like, if I got COVID in Jamaica, I'm good, you <laughs> I'm not trying to go anywhere. <laughs> they can cl- when I go to Grenada, let them close the borders around me. It's fine. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, you know. Well, we'll see what happens. I don't know what, what what's the what's what's the situation now. Like she said, is what's going to court, all that type of stuff. What's happening? It's not very clear. So um, she's she's talking about yes, it's going to be handled legally. Um, and people, you know, in the newspapers in Jamaica are calling for her to be banned, basically. So it's kind of, we'll, we'll see, really and true. But it depends what the impact is, whether it's had, like, you know, um, a negative impact. Um, uh, yeah, so maybe you want to go to the comments because there's some information there. But, yeah, but it depends if there's uh, been uh, a negative impact to the hotel, I guess, kind of thing, because it's hard to kind of, how can you... How how can you charge against the country? I don't know. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's get the comments in. Um, So we have Red Border says they should sue her for slander. And Ronald says the police in Jamaica said that she can't be charged because she never filed a formal complaint. It was done via social media. They are thinking about changing the law. That's really interesting, actually. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm. And that's the thing she didn't like. She didn't. It, she didn't expect it. She thought she could say some nonsense, get mm-hmm. away with it. But now, yeah, there's repercussions. You're not got. You haven't got no lawyer. That's not going to happen. You're not suing anybody. You're going to hopefully. Well, probably the possibility might disappear and go away. You might get lucky on that one, but you're just not going to Drake again. I wouldn't let you back in just for your foolishness, or maybe at least until you're eight fifty or something like that. Um, but yeah, as well, because I feel like if you're a um, student, like. You 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 potentially can deal with passengers that are are, are kind of like flouting the rules. Do you know what I mean? So if it turns out that she's lying, then she has to lose her job because you can't be trusted as an employee. As an as your employer, I wouldn't be able to trust that you would follow the rules because you flouted them yourself. So she's kind of played herself in this in, in a sense. So yeah, it's it's deep actually. It's a no, it's yeah silly. Okay, we shall keep an eye on the story and maybe come back to it in the future. So my story, it's kind of like, um, I don't know too much about it. And I saw it and I was like, oh, that's an interesting thing to talk about. So we've got eight children from Mali who are now adults, who are young, now young adults, who are suing 
some of the top chocolate companies um, in the world, Nestle, Cargill, Barry, Calibalt, Mars, Olam, Hershey and Mondelez. And I guess some of those names are the people behind those um, brands and stuff like that. Because they're suing them for child labour. So apparently um, these eight ad- young adults who claim, claim that they were used as slave labour on coca plantations in the Ivory Coast. And um, the suit is being filed in Washington, D.C. by the human rights firm International Rights Advocates on behalf on their behalf. And, um, yeah, they're just saying they're seeking damages for forced labour and further compensation for unjust enrichment, negligence supervision and intentional infliction of emotional distress. And it's the first time that this type of class action has been filed against the cocoa industry in a U.S. court. And, um, yeah, so that's basically it. I got that information from The Guardian, by the way. Um, and so I just wanted to ask, if it came down to it, the lighthearted side of this is, if it came down to it, would you join a boycott of the top chocolate brands? Um, this means eating no chocolate, obviously, and or whatever other brands that they filter out into, because I'm sure Nestle has other things. And um, also, how can major corporations compensate our countries for all their slave labor injustices? Because they, it's, this is nothing new. They do it and they get away with it. I don't know any... I actually don't know of any successful lawsuits against all the major, and this is beyond chocolate, for all the Western companies that are in our countries, raping our countries for our minerals and goods and not compensating the the workers, definitely using child labour and slave labour and all that type of stuff. Definitely bad, bad, poor working conditions. How can they, what would be the compensation that you would um, expect from them? Go to Auntie Nana first. What would be the compensation? Oh my God, um, I'll I'll think on that for a second. But um, reading this story, I hadn't heard of it before you shared it, and definitely, I think it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant first strike, even just to get their stories out. So whether or not they win, but just you know the the publicity of this story is brilliant in itself. Oh my word, what type of the compensation is for everybody, though. I don't even know where you begin. That's why they're so scared, because they know that uh, it's generations upon generations that have benefited from this system. Where where do you begin? I, d- I don't know. And that's what they're running from. So <laughs> maybe that's what we need to get clear on, actually. You know, when you think of like a relationship and it's like, actually, what do I want from my relationship? but you'll say all the things that you don't want. Actually, maybe what we need to start doing is getting really clear on what do we need as compensation for what they've done? So let's try and move forward with it. Like you need to pay this, you need to pay that. Because you know, I have my tax thing, but what could they be doing? Hmm, I don't know. I've got to think on this. I'll come back after a while. I've got to think on it. Auntie Shade. Yeah, well, yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely kind of seems like kind of groundbreaking. I wonder whether they can do something that's like the fair trade um, uh, that they have. You know, you know, you get some items that have fair trade on it, like coffee and chocolate and stuff. I mean, they have that in Ghana, right, which produces the most amount of chocolate in the world or something. Um, cocoa, is it? Or cacao? Something like that, and uh, so I wonder if they could do something like that. I feel that there's definitely like um, an education thing that can be done, especially now that we're in. Um, I think like things to help with like either infrastructure, um, 
so transport uh, education especially because we're like on the world of online learning do you know what I mean so what's to say that people can't have access to classrooms do you know what I mean that kind of thing education systems um that are more kind of universal and not just when people you know you know we all know someone in our family who studied in Africa then had to come here or, or came here and then had to do another course that was below what they've already studied do you know what I mean like that needs to that needs to change <laughs> kind of thing and they can make that kind of universal quite quickly online I think um definitely like equipment uh and that sort of thing but also as well yeah I'll definitely be up for boycotting for sure I think we just I think that's we you know especially in the UK they've done successful boycotts in the past um whether that's you know whether depends what side you're on but definitely there was a boycott of like Zimbabwe back in the day kind of thing that was very successful isn't it do you know what I mean like um not saying that's necessarily was the right thing to do but it was successful so it can be done you just need people to get behind it and stuff and be very clear on what you can and can't have <laughs> do you know what I mean and making sure I think in the age of social media that's really quite easy to do um but I do think like you know um it's coming like people don't talk enough about it about Congo and Colbert cobalt that's in our phones do you know what I mean kind of thing that is going to be a tricky one still because people are addicted to their phones I think there's two different <laughs> two different addictions see it actually seems like for sugar chocolate kind of thing I do have a slight addiction there but like changing that is something that I really want to do do you know what I mean so I'm just like okay cool so this can kickstart that and that's quite selfish but <laughs> it's what it is um do you know what I mean I would, yeah yeah I'm up for it but like for my phone, it sounds bad, but it's, it's, it's much more challenging. So I challenge like mobile phone companies to, to do the right thing from now and give us an alternative and, and <laughs> make it fair for the there so we don't have to get rid of our phones. I'm on it. Um, Auntie Farah. So I would happily boycott Nestle and all those other companies. I don't eat as much chocolate as I used to, so maybe that's why it would be easier for me to do it than it used to be before, apart from certain times of the month. Um, in terms of what they can do, I think that they should be forced to sign, if they want to do work in, in these countries, they should be forced to sign something where a percentage of their profit goes towards funding school education, housing and healthcare, um, and apprenticeships maybe, because then maybe at least they're feeding back into the country. What's the saying? You give a man a seed or some shit like that, you know, give him a well, you know what I'm talking about. Let him, let him sow his own seeds or let him make his own well, some bollocks like that. Isn't it? <laughs> give them the tools to actually do things for themselves by using some of their profits. If you're going to stick around and you're going to reap the benefits of it, then you should put in on this shit, basically. Yeah, man. So I was just um, getting my facts together. There are, so as it, as it stands, the... Top four countries responsible, now the word is responsible for the production of chocolate are the United States, of course, Germany, Switzerland, and Belgium. Now the largest producers of chocolate, number one, Ivory Coast, number two, Ghana, number three, Indonesia, number four, Nigeria. Now that's where that's where the bullshit lies. 
just to read from this article on Investopedia, the top four countries responsible, as I said, while Western Europe accounts for approximately 35% of total world chocolate production, the US accounts for an additional 30%. Interestingly, none of the producers, major producers of chocolate are major sources of cocoa, and none of the major cocoa producing countries are major chocolate manufacturing centers. Um, which is a huge, huge issue. And we're talking about phones that don't use coal, but there's a phone called the Fair Phone. I was looking at it a while back. I think I wanted to make this a topic um, sometime last year, but I think it got pushed down to the bottom because it was like, there is there are a couple of phones that are starting to look at it, but the way that Colbert is being used, it's going to be a hard one. And it is a definitely going to be a tricky, sticky one still because we're so addicted to the devices that use Colbert. It's going to be hard, but I could definitely boycott I say definitely with my chest, definitely boycott chocolate. Yes, I could. Um, and sugar, all those type of things. If it came down to it, I would hope to say, yeah, I could do it. And I just, just for the, because it is too much now. And it's, you know, it's the way that the, our countries are raped and pillaged. And there are, there, you know, there's conversations to be had about what our countries are doing, um, our own home countries, what deals they're making and who they're talking, why they have this blind ignorance to just getting money for themselves and not to the people the people lower on the ground on the lower ranking people or their working class people and allowing this stuff to happen. But I also think there is the threat of the West. I think the West have just got that will and might that, you know, I know we have corrupt leaders and stuff in some of our countries and our continents, but there's also the, the power of the West that they do what the fuck they want and they have done. And I feel like even, you know, that their extremes are, They'll work with the the, the, the um, dictator or the, what do you call it, the corrupt leader, or they'll take them out. Anyone who's progressive, they take them out. So it's just like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I'm not to say that our countries can't be held responsible, but boy. And it, when it comes to compensation, it is a fair trade. I don't actually, how effective has fair trade been? Because we see the labels, we see the signs. How effective, how come we still got, I mean, we still have comic relief type things, even though I think last year, Another story that I didn't we didn't talk about was that Comet Relief have now decided they're not going to be doing any more kind of, you know, we saved Africa type stuff. So they're going to be focusing on stuff more closer to home, which is great. Um, that dependency needs to go. But how effective is fair trade? Because I feel like people can get away with just saying it's fair trade. And then what are their practices? Do we actually have the information? Is it clear the route to fair trade companies? Because I don't understand why we're still building wells. The world should be working by now should have running water by now in 21 you know to be honest if you're really about that life helping let's get some comments okay right we have victoria says what are the african companies doing about it to protect children or workers someone is allowing them to trade and um, Red Border says 100% governments are culpable for allowing this to happen in their countries. And Aquia says, fantastic news. Yes, let's voice up. That's what needs to happen. Our grandfather was a cocoa farmer and left seven houses and so much land, we don't know what to do with it. Nowadays, cocoa farmers are so, so poor, they literally have to employ children and slave gangs. Loads of farmers have stopped farming cocoa because there's no money for the cocoa farmer. Do you know that Ghana gets royalties for cocoa and gold royalties like a musician and a record company? Then once the Westerners have our commodities, it's sold on the UK and African and American markets at an F word, huge profit. What do we want? All African commodities sold to the West we don't want royalties 
Thanks, ladies. I have a subject for my next YouTube rant. And if you produce chocolate in Ghana, it's almost impossible to import to Europe in large quantities. Okay. And Ronald says, this is inexcusable. 1.56 million child laborers were used on cocoa plantations in Ghana and the Ivory Coast in 2018. I think that's in 2010 to 2018. That's a 145% increase since 2015. Maybe that was 2018 to 2019. And Aquia says fair trade farmers can just about send their children to secondary school. And Victoria says unfair wages in Africa happens even for local companies. There's so much going on. <laughs> There's so much going on. Where to start? Where to bloody start? <laughs> I didn't know that about the um, the royalties. I did not know that. And I don't know how I feel about that. That's mad. Royalties. If that's how it's all, it's all sewn up. Um, I watched a documentary. I think it was more on gold, though, and just how hard it is for a, a Ghanaian landowner to even be able to make any money from gold because it's all in the middleman and the middleman is usually European and, and it's it's sewn up that way. Like literally, like the people that are going to buy are not going to buy from a local person. The local person gets shafted and sell into the middleman and the middleman and the, and the Western country are the ones that make the money and they are like, yeah, this is how it's going to be. So it's really hard. But this is the thing, really the power is in... The, because you're still being shafted mm. so really the power is in the no it's in the you cannot come here but they know what they're doing with the with the leaders you know most of them are educated in the west they're educated in oxford in it, it, it you know it's like they know who's going to be running the country and if you come from outside of that you're going to be assassinated so oh, it's yeah. so horrible and it is the trade deal the trade deals before um, our countries and refuse, not third world, not developing for our countries. And it's all the countries that are not of the West that have all the goods and produce that they need to survive, that the West needs to survive. All the trade deals are unfair. You, how can you make something and not export it, not stand on, a, on, the, on the trading platform and trade as the other one? Everyone else is trading. It's like mum and dad's talking over your heads. And you'll yeah. say, oh, can I have a bit? Can I have a bit? At a fucking kid's table. It's ah, yeah. oh, mate. Um, I don't know how we. I don't know how we surviving. I don't know how we stay. I don't know how we survive. It's it, so it, bad. It really, it really is just closing everything down. It's shutting yeah. up and and being like, okay, now see how you survive. But that also takes. I can't see it being anything less than a war. Like really, it's like. Yeah. I agree. You need, you, need, you need nuclear power. Unless you've got nuclear power, just forget it. And satellite power, you know, talking about, we, we, like I said, man, I think I said it, sorry, I'll come to you, Ashifara. And I think I said it the other day in one of our comments that we are not on, when we have those UN conversations, they don't come, it's always the Western countries and then maybe one, two ground leaders that peppered in, but they never come to us to hear what we got to say. We don't ever have a space plan. I think, has Nigeria got a space plan now? I was it one, I think there's an African country that does, I, I swear it was Nigeria or someone has, started to talk about the fact that they're going to have a space program if you don't have a space program or a nuclear program you're not in a conversation they don't give a fuck about you excuse i said i'm going to stop we're not, we're not allowed we're not allowed nuclear anyway we're not 
You know, the moment, the minute they think that there's Russia, noise Iran, like, do you know what I mean? No one's no, they're no not, one. I'm just no, no, they're not. But what I'm trying to get to is like the minute that we show any kind of power or like going against their grain, they come for us. Don't, what is it? Is it rush hour where they said that? How, where am I going to get C4 from? If you, the minute you see a black man starting to ask around for C4, he's going to get taken out. So <laughs> like, we can't ask for nothing. We can't, we have to have the what well, the thing is, and the joke of it is, however, um, and I'm not before you lot come for me, I'm not bigging up what's his name, Bin Laden, at all. But Africa, the continent, has a lot of hidden places. You can't police everywhere. So we can have bunkers and create caves and do our stuff behind closed doors. There's enough places. But I just don't, the mentality, the, we've had a number done on us. Because wasn't Gaddafi was trying to unite, unite Africa? Yeah, 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 yeah. We took him out. Yeah. They, they would do it. It's just, it, they'll either take you out publicly or it's a coup. Like it's a country it's a coup, and they've been doing it. Time Absolutely. And so, and, until it's, and it's not just Africa either. They do it in the no, Caribbean as well. Like, of course, but until you have military power, you know what I mean, or military friends, and that, that's why I think as well. It's just like I, I do get that. You know, we're, we're skeptical of what the Chinese are doing in in Africa and stuff like that. But the, I think the fear from the West is if we align with China, they're out. Do you know what I mean? Because that's what, that's what your friends are now. If they've got the power, then it's it's over for them. Do you know what I mean? So it's just, I, I, I don't know how we can be independent of any superpower without, without although I don't actually like violence, but, <laughs> but without having military and, you know, firepower. And I think the resources are there to make all these things. What are they? We we have everything that they use to make their weapons, so it kind of yeah. doesn't even make sense that borders are that you know the trade is still going on really when all of the resources are being taken out to actually build the West. But you know where where do we where do we begin? I guess that's why people took to Wakanda so much because there was this secret hope that somewhere in the landmass of Africa is this country that actually really does have everything but the, the the metaphor really is that that's africa yeah africa does yeah. have everything let's let's get the comments um let's get the comments okay i think it's from red border i think from Ghana Chocolate. Okay, yeah. so Red Border says Ghana Chocolate is nice though, but black people are, um, why has this word like consumers <laughs> of it at the end? And Ronald says, it pisses me off that Americans care about child labor in, in China, but not Africa. Yeah. It's misinformation. It's that thing where we, I don't know what it is. We, like even, even just in general, the news that like, how many people know about this story? I just happened to see it. And I was like, no, nah, we've got to talk about it because we don't even put our home country's news front and centre all the time. Because um, it, it's, it's like they, they do a number, they do really do well with disconnecting us. And I, I don't want to say it's a magic they because it's down to us as well. We have our own agency. But it's just the way that our attentions are um, so distracted by what's going on in our home country. We really focus on it. But then again, we've taken taken out <laughs> if this was your aunties could you know war against the west it would be taken out they'd find some sort of scandal on all of us and yeah. shut us down so yeah anyway all right the space programs african space programs 
are Algeria, Angola, Egypt, Ghana, Kenya, Morocco, Nigeria, and South Africa. Okay, we're there. Well, okay. So it's happening. It's happening. We need to get. We need to get to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. That's another conversation, but yeah, we need to go. Um, let's move on to our next story. Okay, and- so, um, this is my story. I mean, this was out in the press last month, but I just wanted us to have a general chat, um, around this. So, it's focusing on Tyrrell Robinson and his friend Corey Berman, who met three 14 year olds at his flat in Bradford, um, in August. 2018 and um, Tyrrell was a former Bradford City footballer so he's doing quite well for himself and at Bradford Crown Court um, it was heard that the 23 year old knew the girls ages and had discussed the fact with Berman who was 22. Both men admitted sexual activity with a child. Robinson was jailed for three and a half years and Berman for six and really, the thing that got me was, do we have conversations with our sons, nephews, brothers in regards to like the the age of women that they're sexually attracted to? And should there be a national campaign about this? Like I'm. I was watching TV recently and just realised that there seem to be national campaigns for so many things. But still, this issue of kind of like male predatory behaviour, rape culture, and also like sleeping with teenagers, I've never seen a national campaign for. And it just feels like there's always this, the only campaign that there is, is in if you feel that you're in trouble what you say, like if you're in a bar, like you you use the Amber Code and all of that. There's always campaigns targeting women, but there's never this national campaign for men to just fix up. So I was just wondering, you know, instead of putting the blame out there to the government, what are we doing? Like, do you have any tips that, that you wanted to share? Or is this something that you've actually done already yourselves? Um, I, 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 um... I'm going to hand over to Auntie Farah. Sorry, I had something to say and I lost my train of thought. Sorry. I think we spoke about this on our one of our Aunties After Dark, where we were saying that it's important that when you, you know, his, historically we always tell our daughters to be safe and to do this and to do that and to act safely and all that shit. But we don't really tell our sons or our nephews or our brothers or about consent. And how important that is but I think you're totally right along with consent comes age of consent and when people are mentally capable of being able to deal with things like sexual experiences because you might get people you might have a 14 year old boy and a 14 year old girl who may feel like they're ready to take on that sort of thing and and they're just not because they're not mentally um what's the word they're not mentally mature enough to handle that and I think also what's important is talking to boys about older boys and them feeling forced to do things because an older boy tells them to do it or an older boy says to them come here I'm going to get these girls and we're going to do such and such because there's that added pressure so it's about letting them know what's wrong and right and being able to say no to these people if they're in those situations I don't have any techniques I don't have any um you know any tricks up my sleeve of how to do it other than having conversations with those that are around us you know it's it starts at home doesn't it if you say it to the people that are around you to your nephews 
to your nieces, you say it to your, your loved ones that are around you and hopefully they go out and they understand what is right and what is wrong and they they live by that. But I think you're right in terms of um, what the government need to do or just there needs to be some, not even the government, but there, there should be some sort of campaign. We're talking about this enough for there to be something out there. Auntie um, Shadow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've got a lot of boys in our family. There's 75% male in my family. And there's, from my point, my side, there's 19 of us. So it's a lot, it's a lot of guys. Um, so these, these kind of, I, I'm not, not there's, no, not to my knowledge anyway, there's ever been any sort of issue and everything like that. But I've always, like, especially my younger brothers, um, niece, ne- nephews, um, Obviously, I talk to my nieces anyway, but my nephews, I'm quite, as an aunt, I'm quite um, blatant and upfront and I'm not, not, I don't hide away from difficult conversations. Do you know what I mean? Kind of thing. Because I just feel like when we were growing up, our parents didn't talk to us about anything at all. Do you know what I mean? So I found it, you know, I made sure I had a talk with my, my, my younger brother that I'm closest to when he was coming up. Um, and I definitely make sure I talk to all of the youngers, all of the cousins. I talk to them about all sorts of things um, and just have blatant conversations. And that, you know, obviously that does go into consent, um, whether it's worth to pursue something or not. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Knowing, knowing their worth as well. Do you know what I mean? Like not just be focused on one physical thing, like you're more than that. Um, and also as well, just kind of like, I know it sounds like thingy, but also like just keeping them a bit busy. Do you know what I mean? So they don't have like necessarily like too much free time on their hands where that's the only thing that they can really focus on or the only thing that really gives them joy. Because I think for a lot of young men, that's the only time they might get some sort of validation, some sort of attention, some sort of, you know, kind of thing, interactions, maybe even some sort of intimacy. Do you know what I mean? Because they're so lacking in other areas. So I think it's just really... uh you kind of you kind of do need to keep them occupied and also just make sure that they have like a well um if you can it's difficult but they see when you're watching things or you know do you know what i mean that oh you can't just call that girl this because she looks like that and let's pause this break it down why is that the case do you know what i mean like challenge the thinking in the moment and not be not just switch the channel or dumb it down, you know, kind of thing. Because, you know, there's a few teenagers and it's like, they'll be having these... Com- I, I would prefer them be the ones that are educating their friends. Do you know what I mean? And they're coming with, like, some decent kind of knowledge. But we do have, with the older ones of us, we have... We're generally all on the same page, so it helps. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, we, we're all singing from the same hymn book, so it, that does help. So that's the only kind of, we're going to talk about technique, I guess, that we have in our family unit. But, um, but yeah, other than that, I think it's just, just not being afraid to have those kind of conversations and just dealing with them head on, um, I think is really, really helpful. Yeah, exactly that. I, there's so much um, thing around men and younger women, which it plays out in, in the arts you know, when you're watching a film, like, guys are usually, it's okay for them, some greying man, 
and his love interest is like 20 between 20 to 15 years 10 years younger than him and it's this whole thing that the younger woman is the one is the one to go for the one to go for and it plays out very 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 early and these guys dismissing the fact that these girls are young like they, they everyone knows that over everyone every guy's warned you don't you want to you don't want to be caught out of a young girl everyone knows that but yet there's this appeal that's been placed on young people on young women this kind of i don't know what it is that kind of you know you're, you get re rejuvenated and become more youthful or you're seen to be more youthful if you're associated with something some a younger woman or something like that this thing that men have about younger female bodies and women and girls and stuff like that it's it's it's, it's a fetish it's a stereotype it's something that there needs to be so much dismantling of what it means to be a man and the rights of manhood that the, that they have to achieve that there's so much on doing it. It shouldn't be on us. And I'm, yeah, I'm also, I think we've spoken it many times that the, the, the conversation about being safe, sexually safe in those situations, it's always leveraged at the woman at the, on the girls and the women don't find, don't get drunk. Don't wear certain types of clothes. Don't be out late. Don't be in a bunch of, why can't I be in a room with man and feel safe? Why can't I be in skimpy attire and not be raped? Why is that? Why, why is that the language? Why is it always about me? What I have to do, whether I'm a young girl or an adult woman, why is the blame always leveraged on me? And there's never any conversation. Like we've said before, boys just get told, strap it up, don't get caught out, and don't get caught with a young one. But yet, everywhere in society shows that actually, as a man, the, as you get older, the, your women should be younger. So it's, and because it makes you look more virile or something, because you can still, so men always plague us with about our insecurities. They get at us about women's insecurities, about all the types of things. But no one, there's, and we've said it so many times, there's never any conversation about the insecurities of man and how that plays out. And actually, it plays out to all the things even we've spoken about today. The patriarchy that wages war, that keeps the, it keeps the whole world, the whole globe unstable because of some insecure men, because of their fear of losing power. And it plays out in every single situation. And we're affected as women and girls. And so... Yeah, I mean, the campaign, there needs to be, I would love to see a campaign like that, like those massive campaigns about with guys on billboards and think about your choices and what kind of girls are you going for and all that type of stuff. What do you do when you're in that situation? When you see a boy's about to run a train on a girl, all those things, right? It's a passage where running trains on girls and young girls and then the language that's used around a girl that gets, what did I see the other day? It wasn't even fun. It was so not funny. Something about um, some guy. It was just about bread. It was a, it was a, a, a meme or a, a video, a, YouTube, a social media video. I felt like such an auntie when I was trying to explain that. Um, a social media video about a guy talking about them, what they call the heel of the bread, and he was busting up. So I'm waiting for the punchline. Waiting for the punchline. He's busting up, going. Some people call it the heel. Some people call it the back. Some people call it the bottom. And he goes, and he was busting up, saying some people call it the hoe because everyone touches it and no one wants it. And you don't think of a guy, you immediately think of a woman. And I was like, is that your punchline? Is that what you're busting? A grown-ass man, that's what you're cracking up at. And it might not seem deep to you guys, but it felt really offensive to me. And it's like, a freaking piece of bread can trigger me. Like, you're, you're, you're finding the joke about a piece of bread being called a, being called a hoe. Because we know that that's applied to a woman. Because when a man's a hoe, it don't matter. He's never untouched. He can be touched all day long. Community dick is rampant. And no one cusses them. We get a little bit slap on the, you know, slap on the wrist. But yet he still get touched. But yeah, a woman that has multiple partners, it's just so wrong. The language is so wrong, driven by men. Yes, the campaigns need to change. I'm on to my nephew gets so mad with me. He's the closest male in my life, like young mold mind that I can shape and mold. Want him all the time. Watch your language. I've said it before. Times when he's spoken wrongly, diff different, awkwardly about a girl, 
I put it back on him and said, so what does that make you? You're calling her this. What the hell does that make you? You are the same. And he looked shocked because I don't get those conversations. People don't talk to them like that. They're never given that feet at that comeback. They're always treated like they're the kings, they're the princes. They're the ones that we everyone deigns to be with. You know, you've got to have a man. I could go on. But anyway, let's get the comment. What these guys are doing is paedophilia, though. I think these are two kind of different, do you know what I mean? Like conversations, like to a certain extent, like that, that's that's straight up paedophilia, man. They're blatantly underage. And I do think that, like, in terms of like consent, I think that that is a massive conversation that's within our community, um, you know, across across the country at the moment. And I think that that's definitely in schools. But yeah, the age thing, I, I think. I think, yeah, there needs to be more done on that for sure across the board. But, um, yeah, that's they're, they're paedophiles. Yeah, and that's the language because you, you couldn't, you know, people, it's like racism. When you say racism, oh, I'm not racist. I don't, I don't wear a hood. I don't shave my head and say, fuck you, nigger. However, paedophilia, it's not like you're, you know, you're an old, dirty, the, the image of a paedophilia is an old, creepy white man that touches little girls or stands in a park doing nonsense. That is not paedophilia. Paedophilia is a wide, overarching term mm-hmm. to describe very disgusting sexual behavior predatory behavior so let's explore that because i think again men get away with doing actions and they never the le- the negative words are not leveraged at them that's like i said my, ne- my nephew recoiled when i when he what wh- how he described the girl that he i don't want to put his business out there the situation that he was in when i reflected it back at him he was like no nah, auntie how are you saying that to me how are you calling me that i said well that is, you're saying this, you're doing the same thing you're both in this situation there's two people in this situation. You are the same as her. You can't get away with it. So they need to be more sh- shock value in the words that we're saying, using against these behaviours. Because the man, no, no one wants to be called a pedophilia, a pedo- pedophilia, a pedophile. Sorry. And also the sentences that these people are given, the sentences yeah. that people get for pedophilia, for rape, all of those sort of things are very, very light. Yeah. You know, it's, you, you can you can do you can get less for. You can get less for um, paedophilia than you can for armed robbery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Or for robbery. Like if you come to the country and you don't say where you've been, and you've been to one of those... Um, <laughs> you can get 10 years. You can get more than that. Than you can get for Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Ridiculous. Yes, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Precisely. I, that. I don't know what you're going to say. Yeah, no, it's... it's every, everything that you said is exactly it. And... Um, yeah, the term, because there's that distinction, paedophilia being small children, but it's the teenage years, it's called hebophilia. And that actually, like, I don't know anybody that went to school that doesn't have the story of the older men coming along and standing outside of the school gates. It's so rampant that it's like, how is that? It's not even discussed. It's almost like you're leaving teenage girls to just kind of be used and abused and then every so often we get like that um olden story where it all came out that all of those girls were being used by the Asian gangs and it's like you know that this is happening you could go to any girl school especially girl schools all around the country and everybody in there they get to year nine and it's going to be like yeah there's these 19 year olds that come around there's these 20 year olds and it just really lends me to think are we talking to our young people around us, because I'm, I, I, I would poke fun at my nephew, but then I'm thinking, even just thinking about having this conversation with my boys, it really does, like, it sets my heart going, like, literally, like, but I know I have to have this conversation with them, because I don't, 
they they need to they need to know because it's it feels like we kind of leave our young people to be brought up together and if they have these ideas that it's okay to go after younger females because it's easier it's like no that's that's not okay it's yeah it just it bothers me that this seems to be so rampant and it it hasn't warranted a national campaign yet it's like this is disgusting and also, I think, and also there's this thing about this validation that girls and women get from having a man or being favoured by men and boys. So then you've got girls who will have, get into a situation, not, this is not about blame, it's like you'll get into a situation, it's natural, as teenagers, you're fast. And yeah. young people, hormones are raging, we're fast. I know I've been in situations with boys when I was younger and I, and I can, can, you know, if my daughter was in, I'd be kicking her up. So there's situations we get into, but then it's like in that moment, even if a girl's being fast, let's just say, and acting wanton and going like she wants, why is the man, why are the boys never told? You don't do that. Where's your responsibility? Dress back, come back, stop what you're doing. Don't go for it because they're just, they're programmed to think, well, this is okay. And then they can turn around and say, well, she was on it. She wanted it and all that type of stuff. There's never ever, it's all the responsibilities on the girl. Girl could be going for it all day long. But if you know as a man, because men are always, this, there's this thing that if men don't get to, bus they're gonna it's like the whole body's gonna crumble and fall apart yeah. it's there's so much pressure on a man that's got to ejaculate that even girls feel even women can feel in a situation like oh my god if we don't give the man sex it's going to be detrimental to us and our reputation i, I think okay, that's going to be my mad i keep jumping ahead of my mad that's <laughs> asshole i'm sorry yes i don't like him i don't really like his form of doing things kevin samuels and people are talking about and i think Okay, I'll save it for my man. But the way that another guy broke it down, um, what he was, what what um, Kevin Samuel was saying, he was advising a woman about you know wanting a man. I can't, I can't even go into it quickly. But basically, the reason that a lot of men have given, like, yeah, you can't be fucking on. You know, if you don't give up your sex and a man doesn't want you, that's on you. That's your fault. All that type of stuff. It's all on us. But yet, men's behaviour is just so predatory. So I, I could go on, but let's get to the comments. <laughs> okay. <laughs> mad. All right. Aquia says, my 18-year-old son met a 16-year-old, and I'm so happy that he said once he knew her age, he deleted her number. Recently, a friend wanted to introduce him to another 16-year-old, and once again, he wasn't interested. Interestingly, we have members of the family who think it's cool for him to see a 16-year-old, but thank goodness he feels that a 16-year-old girl is really too young because he says that the younger girls play at romance and are easy to manipulate by older boys. I think being brought up by so many women, it's not so easy for him to be that kind of man. And he had lots of messages about how to treat a woman. He really did. Poor guy. Uh, Sistrin says the easiest way to stop rape is for men to stop raping women, period. It is frightening that this topic is not met with more action and calling out how wrong it all is. And Janelle says so many excuses are male predatory behavior and females are made to believe that they need to be appealing to a man from an early age. And Sistrin says, we need to teach our girls to be somebodies instead of some bodies so we can protect them from male predatory behaviour. Nicola says, it is so worrying. And Janelle says, girls need to be empowered to know how valuable they are and how much they are worth. 
that you can't just give it away to anybody. I would say boys need to be told. Yes, I I was just going to jump in and say, yeah, man, it's, yeah. And Ronald says, I didn't know that young men had to be explicitly told not to have sex with underage girls. It's a societal norm. Anyone who would do that would be reported to the police by his friends and ostracized in prison. They would be targeted by other inmates. Sometimes. Some, I think no, when that's again. Oh, sorry, go on. No, go on, that's, I'll shut it. But that's once no, they get there. Like, on, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, in prison, they're not seen as... They're, they're, they're the ones that have to, like, get in their own food because people put stuff in their food and stuff. And they, mm-hmm. they have to be put on what those watch... What do you call it? Uh, floors, like, you know? Like, they can't necessarily be with other inmates because that they're, they'd definitely be a target. That's, that's for sure. But that also annoys me as well, because it's like, it's this, again, it's slightly performative, my favourite word, um, because there's this thing, there's definitely this whole stigma in, in, in jail, but then no one's talking. Like, what was it? What was the thing that happened last year? I know there's been so many oh, incidents. Got, she got assaulted and then they went round to his house, isn't it? Right. So all this like, yeah, man, I'm going to go get them. But are you talking to your boys? Before, like, are you actually, you know that you, like, it's, we talked about when it's a domestic abuse, you're there you're cussing domestic abuse, you'll be like, yeah, when you go to jail, man's going to get bust up, it's going to get tore up, all that type of stuff. But what about before you get to the prison? What are you guys doing in your mandem groups, in your boys' groups? What are you telling your sons, your nephews and your boys? When you can see predatory behaviour and you know you've got a, a brother that's a bit funny, you're still going to um, surround them and back them up in certain ways until it gets too much to prison after the fact. Your man's going to go beat them up. Why are you not going, it was shit, man, um, going around to beat up that guy? What's the point? What's the point? Where were like? What's the point? That show of bravado is useless to me. It's nonsense to me. What are you doing about when your boys are out there doing the most of women and your girls as well? Because you know, it, nah. So that the stigma of yeah, in jail you can get bus up, but I feel like it's like what you're gonna beat this one guy because it's symbolic. But what are you doing when you get out as well? What are you doing in your groups and your crews and your t- teaching your boys and your nephews and all your family and all that type of stuff? Fucking hate it, man. Anyway, that's that. That was what have you heard? We got through pretty quite a bunch of stories, and now something new for us. I'm trying to get to my page now. We're going to read, have a word from our sponsors. Bear with me. So, don't let our London twang fool you. We are international and nationwide. So, although we represent Ghana, Nigeria, and Grenada, we also reflect the lived experience of Black people across the UK. When people think black in England, they automatically think London. But London is not the only place where you can find black excellence. No, no. There are black people across the entire UK. Like, for example, entrepreneur Imelda Fossu from the north. She is a 25-year-old entrepreneur who is launching an innovative campaign to encourage Yorkshire and North England residents to follow their dreams and start their own businesses. The hashtag Yorkshire Creates scheme is calling for aspiring business people in Yorkshire and surrounding counties to submit their business ideas. The winner will be awarded a 25,000 services package, regular mentorship from Imelda and export support to take their idea from inception to full launch. So if you are from the north of England, not just Yorkshire, but also Doncaster, Manchester, Scotland, or if you know an entrepreneur from that area, let them know about Yorkshire Creates and get them to enter today. The deadline for applications is 31st of March 2021, and the form is super simple. Visit www.yorkshirecreates.co.uk for full details. I repeat that. That's www.yorkshirecreates.co.uk for full details. 
So if you want to advertise with Aunties Could Never, please get in touch via info at thebritishblacklist.com. So moving on to Aunties Know Best, because we do. We really, really, really do. We know best. So this is where we um, solve your problems that come into the inbox that we see on the socials and what you guys can um, let us know now, actually. You can put it in the comments. If you've got something that you want us to sort out, let us know. But guys, who's got a dilemma that needs to be resolved? Have you gone quiet? Okay. Righty ho. Do you? <laughs> Do you know what? I had one and I deleted it because I because <laughs> of our glitches. Um, okay, so this is um, an off-the-cuff one. Someone said it to me the other day. So basically, um, I don't know. I don't know how to say this because it's, it's a bit close to home. Well, not close to my personal home, but people might know the people. So basically, um, these guys are in a relationship and uh, they've been together for about three years and um sex is getting a bit stale and the woman in the relationship person who brought this issue to me has stepped out and she's um enjoyed the stepping out because she's finding new things but she doesn't want to break up with her man that's the thing but the person that she stepped out with is teaching her lots of new things and she wants to find a way to introduce these new things into the relationship without raising suspicion that she's stepping out and learning new things because she said like she said that she's been, she's always been like, you know, I want to try new things. And her boyfriend's been quite not really up for it. But every so often he has a glimpse of like inspiration where he might just go for it. But he's quite, you know, quite sage and bland in his way. But she said he's a wonderful man and she doesn't actually want to leave him. And this moment of fun has been giving her some real juicy tips. But she wants to explore because she doesn't want to keep cheating. She actually wants to stop cheating, to be honest, and get back into it with her partner. But she's like, the sex is really dry. So her, her problem is, is like, is she doing the most? Should she... Because everything else is great. And she's like, should she break up with her man if the sex isn't good? Is it worth breaking up with her man if the sex isn't good? But on the flip side, she wants to introduce these new teachings, but without raising suspicion. What's your tips for doing that? And um, yeah, that's it. They don't have kids yet. And they, have, they do live together. And that's it. That's it. I've tried to remix as best I can. But yes, that's the problem. <laughs> right, so, so many relationships, yeah function with a third person that's a part of the relationship and it, it, it kind of keeps it going that's why some people with serial cheating like both people kind of allow it to happen because somehow it's like another energy within the relationship so it keeps it thriving why doesn't she find some type of porn that is similar to what she wants to experiment with puts it on and is like less reenact this and then it's not so bait but I think I would my spidey senses would be going off if all of a sudden some newfangled stuff came along and be like who taught you this like you have to be way more slick in the introduction but also if all is going well and he's happy as well like life is too short man maybe this is just how you have to roll with it for a, a period like just see how it goes and if you're not equally yoked maybe it's time to move on as well like just he's a good person 
but his good person could be waiting for him and you're also blocking his blessings as well as blocking your own. Like, sometimes it's just not that deep. Like, really, yeah. Do it or don't. Like, really, I, I do actually think you should just move on. <laughs> it's overall, just move on. Have some fun with somebody that you're equally sexed with. Is that a word? Yeah, somebody else. <laughs> Azifara. Yeah, she needs to move on. It's selfish. As you said, if it was a relationship where you know, it was an open relationship and they, or she she said to him, let's have an open relationship because my sex drive is higher than yours. But she's not being honest. She's being very dishonest. She's going and banging this next man, having the time of her life, then coming back home and getting into bed with her man. There's a lot of red flags there. Like, she's, you know, she she's not being honest with him and you can't have a, rela- a, a proper relationship without honesty. So, you know, it's great that she's having great sex elsewhere but maybe what she needs to be is single and maybe what she needs to do is explore her sexuality as a woman and that might not necessarily be in a monogamous in a monogamous relationship just you know just because he's a good man and she wants to keep him doesn't mean that she should let's let's flip the script how would we all feel if it was a man that was doing that i said but she's a good girl i want to keep her we, we really wouldn't um be happy with that so i think she should be honest with her she should be honest with her partner and, you know, just say what's going on in her life because there could be a many, many other reasons why she's stepping out on him. Maybe he's not happy as well, but she needs to be honest. Okie dokie, Auntie Shade. Um, so in terms of like a strategy to kind of integrate into the relationship, I would like, <laughs> I just myself, what I would do is, <laughs> I would suggest... <laughs> I would like look at what he wants to do and I'd be like, do you know what I mean? Like figure out what his fantasies are, an explanation of what he wants to do. And then if something comes up that I'm doing or like I like, I'll be like, okay, well, I'd even play off like, nah, I'm not too sure, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll come to that some sort of compromise. So he feels he's, 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 he hasn't been emasculated any sort of way. And he feels like he brought it to the table because I was just a little bit curious. Do you know what I mean? So therefore, like, there is no, there'll be no whiff of any sort of uh, adultery behavior. <laughs> 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 oh, that's, that's a good one. Um, I think I, I, I was just like, yeah, I feel, because also the, if the sex is bland with this guy, I don't know how, I don't know how they managed, because obviously she's, she's, she's labored on the fact that he's a good guy. So, but she put up with bland sex for the three years. So what was she expecting to change? And it is that thing, I don't know, she's happier to have a man than really enjoy her sex life. I think, when, again, I don't know if she's conditioned. I don't know if she's conditioned to feel like she doesn't have the right to enjoy sex. It's every damn right to enjoy sex. How she introduces it, yeah, I like Sade's way. I like the idea of putting on porn. But then he might be so bland. He might be like, oh, my gosh, what the hell is that? And I like the idea of finding out what he likes. But if he likes missionary, and I'm not dissing missionary because boy, but... If he just is bog standard missionary and nothing at lights out and just fish behavior, then you're not going to get much out of him. Maybe that is his fantasy. Maybe his fantasy is lights on. And that's I'm it. not helping her cheat. I'm not giving her no ideas of how she can get him to, how she can incorporate her new moves that she's learning with next man. I'm not helping her. Yeah, that, that, that was like going to see a sex therapist, though. She potentially, in theory. Different types of relationships, but you don't know. That's why I said that. I said that, and I said, but what it is is she should be honest because it's not, it's not 
petty, not fair on the good guy, and she could, like Auntie Nana said, be blocking his blessings. He could be someone else could feel that his bland, dead sex rocks their world, and he could tick all the boxes for them. Or he could be emotionally cheating on her. Do you know what I mean? So therefore, there's maybe no so, but then there's even more of a reason why they shouldn't be together. And then I thought I had a suspicion that maybe what if she, he just doesn't find her attractive and he's also coasting and compromising because it might be like he might. I mean, I don't know if he's uh, we don't know if he's cheating too, but or he might have checked out. There and might be so, as I said, there could be so many reasons for this behaviour, but it's not yeah. it's not honest what she's doing. All right, let's get the comments. <laughs> we have a queer says. Oh, hang on, I don't even think she was the first one. Yes, so Red Border says, who the hell is stepping out in the middle of a pandemic? Best be careful where she steps. Aquia says, she just needs to get on with it. Throw him down and get on with it. Her bloke is never going to know. He'll just think she got better in bed. Nia Date says, meanwhile, her man is wondering how he got COVID because he hasn't left the house in a year. And Ronald says, there are how-to sex videos, so I've heard. She should say that she met some women and the women told about one of the videos and she was thinking about buying one. Red Border says she's got the disease. Give it to a friend. <laughs> Nicola says, Nia Date Evans, Uncle Nee, did you just land... Uh, <laughs> that was an inside comment that she gave there. <laughs> I actually have a dilemma that's just come through on the inbox as well. Okay, cool. Go ahead. That quickly. All right. So, okay. Hello, ladies. So here goes. You've met a guy on a dating site. He's forty-four. You get talking and you feel there's something there. You decide to meet face to face, first date. Then you have a second date. Then he says he loves your vibe and decides he wants to pursue a serious relationship with you. To which you agree as you quite like him too. During your first month of talking, you find out he has four children by four different women he had his first child when he was 18, and his last one is currently eight years old. He also tells you he was incarcerated for 10 years in America, where he actually grew up. After his sentence, he got deported to the UK. So basically, he's not allowed to travel to the USA now. The question for you, ladies, is... Would you still pursue a relationship with him? Or is the fact that he has four children with four women already a red flag? <laughs> Auntie Sean, I'll do. It's going to have to be a no for me, dog. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. That shows a clear pattern of behaviour. That you don't know how to, and, and to, at your big age 44, cannot manage a relationship, manage a, uh, I, I don't know, like you would have to be, but to be honest, if you're that kind of wealthy, I'm just being real, you probably wouldn't get deported in the first place. 
Do you know what I mean? Because you'd have connections and power not for that for that not to happen. So no, what is the benefit? There's no I don't I don't <laughs> and then we can't even you know what, I could date you and then every time you piss me off I just go states. <laughs> what can you do? You can't do nothing. Um <laughs> no, um no it's annoying. I just like the thing is that's the thing, it is a clear it's a clear red flag and like many people would just ignore it. Do you know what I mean? And just be like oh, but he'll be okay with me, or like, you know, he's over that now, no, 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 I just think, nah, just believe them, he's shown you who he is, believe them. Sorry, I had to get my charger, so, <laughs> sorry, Auntie um, Farah. <laughs> yeah, it's a no for me too, um, four different baby mothers, no, <laughs> it's, 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 it seems like a lot of hard work. It's like you said, um, a lot of people have this Florence Nightingale syndrome where they feel like I can fix him or, or he'll be better with me. He clearly won't. He had his last child at 36. If, if the kid's eight and he's 44, he had the last one, the last baby mother at 36 and he was in jail for 10 years. Like, I, I'm super confused as to your, so you, the age gaps and everything like that as well between your kids, it's just... No, it just seems like a lot of hard work, and then you can't travel. What if me? What if I want to go to America? And I want to. It's just. It's. It just seems a lot. It just seems like I can get. No, no, no. But I'm saying like it just. It just seems like a lot like to take on. I'm taking on the fact that you can't travel to America. Like we can't go on a couple's holiday to America. I've got family in America. Whoever wants to come with me, you can't even come. Like we can't. You you know, Christmases and all of the. Also, where are his children? Are they in America or are they they here or is it fifty fifty? So, you it's know, it's 5050. <laughs> Like, no, I've seen it firsthand. It doesn't work. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to repeat that cycle for myself. Never. I, I, what else can I add to this situation? This beyond, this is a knot, not even an entanglement. It's a full-blown tight knot. Um, no, I'm not interested. It's a no. Could have all the money in the world. And I want to travel with my bae. I want to do that. I want to be able to do that. And the fact that you've been deported from America, a whole America that you've been deported from, like no, uh, it's not. I mean, I mean, look. There's people I know. I know. You know. I know people who have multiple baby mothers and stuff like that. What is your character right now in today's earth? You've done too much. You, I, I don't like to judge. Everyone deserves a clean slate and a fresh start. But even being friends with you will be a problem because I feel like I've just. You probably get bored of my lecturing. Like, what are you doing, fam? How are you, are you improving your life? How are you going to change up and fix it? You're going to be bored. I'm going to lecture you every conversation that we have. I can't bust joke with you. You're going to be like, you've done too much. It just doesn't work. So, yeah, Auntie Nana. There was a couple of additional add-ons that came into this scenario. One was that he has a good relationship with the baby mothers and his children as a positive. Um, those were the positives. My take on it is I'm not really too fussed about the baby mothers part of it. The hurdle is the incarceration for 10 years. For me, is the immediate 
no, never going to happen. And then the baby mothers is just an additional, you're really, you make shit decisions. Like, so it kind of compounds the, your, your decision-making skills are really shit. And then I'd think that you're also really terrible at relationships to have four separate children, like in different, like, I'd be like, nah, like, you know, and it wasn't, they're not marriages. You just had children with these women. I, I would probably also be the fifth, like just all of that. But I think in hearing you was incarcerated for 10 years, because I know that's not fraud. I could forgive fraud. 10 years, it has to be something serious. So that's probably anger issues or you battered somebody. I mean, if you're from this country, you could have killed somebody. But obviously it was in America. So I'm going to be like, that's probably some GBH, something like that. So again, I can't trust you because you have anger issues. I could piss you off. You beat me up and you'll go to prison because you've done 10 years. While you was in prison, what happened to you? I am going to presume that you was probably raped. Like just... The levels of the wow. as soon as you told me about prison, I'm like, oh no. I do think that in America, I think it's is like a high number of black girls go to prison and they get they get incarcerated for all sorts of reasons and they yeah. can get incarcerated even like street free strike rule. Do you know what I mean? You can get X amount of years for 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 carrying you know what I mean? So I don't think I don't think that I don't think that the that's why the prison one is a bit is not as serious. Yeah, me too. Prison was least of my, was lower down. Yeah, I, me too. I, and I went yeah, to drug yeah. I went to drug charges as well, and I feel like because the, you could be good with association, you can get um you can get uh you right. know joint enterprise. You can be done for yeah. joint enterprise for just standing there and get ten years. Yeah. I know yeah. people that's happened to, and they did fuck all, and they did ten years. So yeah, it's in the- I, do, I do think the psychological aspect of it, not the rape, because that's not a given, but but like the, the psychological damage that can be done by being in prison all that time and how you're adjusting. And maybe that is the reason why you haven't been able to hold down this relationship as well. But then what's to say that you're going to be able to hold me down? No, it's just like we're just not evenly yoked. Sorry. It's I, a I, I wouldn't personally be the guinea pig for yeah. your rehabilitation. No, I may only be here once, and I get uh, that. But for, but, for me, yeah, it's more so I'm, about honestly, rape would be that would be the first thing that would jump in my mind. Ten years, yeah, but that's TV. Men, all right. So even if it's not rape, like some type of homosexual activities, probably to, like I, it would be the thing that would come into my mind. That would be the red wall. Would be like it's not a flag. This is a war. We can't go any further. You was incarcerated for ten years in America. Long. I understand some of your reservations, but I think first and foremost, it's not a given. I think first and foremost, drug charge. I mean, I keep saying drug. In my mind, I just went straight to drugs. But um, it's so easy for men to be incarcerated, and even in the UK, this shit happens. And so that wouldn't be my worry. It would be the rehabilitation. It would be his mental state because 10 years does a number on people. I know for that much, people have been inside for less and come out more and come out distorted. And there's no um, prisoner support when you come out of jail and all that type of stuff and the stigma and all that. So, but yeah, it's about being the guinea pig for your, uh, and I, I take, maybe I could be, maybe I could be a friend. You might get mad with my, me trying to rehabilitate you as a friend and it take, it will take a long time. You can't literally, unless, you know, have arrangement, just, have fun, you like, 
if you want to have, you know, because, you know, when people come out, I mean, obviously he hasn't just come out of jail, I don't think, so he's been out of jail. So I was going to say, could that just come out of jail? Sex might be fun. He needs to meet his match. Why can't he, why can't, why isn't he looking for a woman who's got multiple baby fathers? You know that's not how it works. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, this is, this is, this is. This is the bullshit. <laughs> this is the this is the guy that will come out saying girls that have no kids, you know, man can't be having no extra like he will be looking for the purest woman. This is why we need to talk to man because he will be have the cheek to come out and say, yeah, What you got two baby fathers, you got you got a child later. I want to look for a woman that's untouched. That's what that motherfucker might do. So, oh god, I'm trying to stop swearing, you know. I'm trying so yokes would be he finds somebody that is also a felon who also yeah. has baby like that's equally yeah. we have yeah. the life paths like really you shouldn't <laughs> be like trying to get somebody who hasn't experienced the same like you should be finding right. that's kind of lived a similar a similar yeah. path to you. is there a, is there an app for ex-cons to meet ex-cons so they that's can share like, there's an app, app for everything so that, that's surprised so felons finding felons felon felon to felon let's get the comments Okay. Right, we have no to a four by fours. Uh, Aquia says the answer is jog on man. This is not ITV, not the home for drama. Nicholas says, Who is this fu- who is this future or little Wayne? Um and Red Border says he could have incast he could have been incarcerated for not paying That's child it. maintenance. And Ronald says, not top topics for Auntie After Dark. Should ex-con man who have multiple children with multiple women date? Exactly. And says, could it be that his last offence was about 20 years ago? Because if he spent 10 years inside then he's uh, and he's out, got deported and has an eight-year-old, maybe the sentence was a long time ago. To and be honest, Monica finds this hilarious. I mean, to be honest, dating a black man, especially in this way the society set up, there's a chance that he's, he's there's a chance. I'm not casting aspersions. There's a chance he's been in jail. There's a chance, not all at all, but there's a chance. So the prison thing, and you know what? It's a mad. This is a top. This is definitely a topic because I know young guys. I know guys in their younger years who have stabbed and things have gone left shot and things have gone left because of the environment that they were in but the man they are today is a different type of person so even down to and i, I don't want to trivialize murder or anything or anything but in the situation that we are in as black people and in, in working class environment in, in this whole system this stru- structure this setup there's a chance that people might have a past that's on paper deplorable but actually because of the way things are set up it's not necessarily a deal breaker, but there's so many other things that this guy's got going on that we just need to step lively. It's not, it's not by force. It's other men. Let's move on to for the, gosh, we are running out of time, I guess, for the culture quickly. I don't quite know what, our, we had so many things for the culture. I don't know what we're going with. I think it's more about this community. Game. The game. Okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot for a second. So the game, um, I, I don't have any notes. The game basically decided to go onto clubhouse and reveal all the women that he slept with, just exposing himself, chatting and chatting away about, I've slept with this woman, I've slept with that woman, and all this type of stuff. Um, 
I don't, I wasn't in the room in the clubhouse room to see how that was uh, policed or how people reacted to it. But I just don't understand why he felt the need to talk about all the women that he slept with. And um, as we called it, as we said in the group, it's community penis. Why? He has so, apparently he has slept with Kim Kardashian, Khloe Kardashian, Lisa Ray, Keisha Cole, Stacey Dash, Black China, Drea, Erica Mina, Malia, Sin Santana, India Love. Now, my question, I guess, I, I'm sure he was in a relationship. So I don't know, I guess maybe for the culture, what, how do you feel if your man decided to go on, in, onto a public platform and decide to tell everybody about all the people that he slept with whilst he's in a relationship with you? To what end? Also, do men really not understand how being community dick also looks... To, or actually, how do we make start to make men feel bad about the amount of women that they've slept with? And this is probably leaning towards what Auntie Nana's headline topic was. Um, because it's like, we've got to change the narrative where men feel... Because a woman, if a woman did that, released her list of men, she'd be buried. And I don't think, Go ahead. I don't, think, I, don't think he, I don't think that... Maybe it's just the words and whatever, but like... I don't think they should necessarily feel bad, but I don't feel that they should get a badge of honour for it. Do you know what that's I mean? If someone has agency over their body and they're doing things with consent, that's that's up to them. That's what they're doing. But I just think like you don't you shouldn't get brownie points and you shouldn't do things at the expense of women. Do you know what I mean? Or use them or you know, trivialise their 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 contribution to your life at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? Because this reputation that you have it wouldn't, it wouldn't be possible if you didn't sleep with these women in the first place. But it's just like, there's just so, there's just such disrespect. It's just, uh, I think it's, uh, I don't know. It just, it rolls me up the wrong way, man. And I feel like what, what he's doing by releasing that list is just so disrespectful. It's unbelievable. Like these women, most of them are in relationships now. What does it matter if you slept with them? Like kind of thing, like it's probably quite a long time ago. Um, I don't know why that you're supposed to be some like hard gangster rapper. Like what the fuck? Like what this? No, I just, I I don't really, I don't know. Like, I just think like, oh, you're just nasty. (laughs) But nasty in the sense of like, you're not a good person because the reason why you're like, what is your intent here? Like you're being a nasty person. You're being mean. And there's no, there's absolutely no need for it. None of these women have done you anything. If you didn't say, really and truly, we wouldn't know. We wouldn't know. And maybe they haven't said for a reason. How about that? <laughs> Auntie, Auntie Nana. I, I'm, I'm disappointed in the game. He was like on one of my kind of favorite lists. Like I just, I don't know. He did wow. something a while ago where he went down a notch. But when he first came out, I actually really was like, oh, the game's one of my favourite rappers. And then I think he started doing, like, kind of the the um, tracksuit bottoms and showing his dick print. Like, there was just, like, a level of desperation that he exhibited on Instagram. So he started to fall down. And I guess as he stops rapping and has been more of a kind of like social media influencer, he's really become more desperate to court attention. And it's like, that's really unattractive. And I I feel like it's even more unattractive when a man does it. It it just, yeah, it's like, there's all sorts of like, uh, to that, because you, you just think, I don't know, there's something in there with masculinity. It just seems to really be like a very, um, 
disgusting trait and then putting out your sexual conquest when probability is some of these are from quite a few years ago when you was the game and was considered hot and they probably don't want to even be associated with you anymore it's just disgusting but it's the list and the length and breadth of it it's like it's all ages you know there's the old one with lisa ray to the young one in india love it's like there's all and it's just like ugh. like to me it really is like oh so you really are the community bike like actually everybody's had a ride of you and i don't get what he was thinking this was going to do for his image because i've i've seen a lot of people just be like no it was foul that he let off this list and that you even had slept with two sisters in Kim and Chloe. It's like, that's, that's gross. And then you was comparing it as well. And it's like, nah, no, you're, you're absolutely way too old for that. And yeah, really, you need to have some more self-respect for you, for you and your peen. Like it's been in a lot of places. This is the thing. Auntie Farah. Yeah, you've all said it. You've all said it. He definitely doesn't deserve a badge of honour. I was disgusted that he was grading them and saying this one was the best pussy and that one was not. India Love is 16 years younger than him. Oh, She's 25 now. She's been with her boyfriend for the last two, three years. So you know that he didn't sleep with her recently. She, it, 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 Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what's interesting to me is that if this was a woman saying this shit, he would be one of the first people to say something about that woman. He would be very, very vocal about these hoes, as he would call them. So it's interesting to me that he wants to sit there and list all the women, well, not even all, some of the women that he's had sex with. Is it because he isn't going on with anything at the moment? He's on Clubhouse. Clubhouse is a new platform, it's taken off. Is it because he's got nothing to talk about on there? So you're going to talk about your sexual conquests? But at the same time, maybe you shouldn't talk about them because maybe your dick is dead, which is why no one is talking about it to you. No one's mentioning it. Not one of these chicks have come out and say, yeah, I banged him and he was the greatest ever of all time. Or They're saying nothing because they're probably ashamed that they had sex with him. Why is it anybody's business who you've had sex with? Why is this news? Like, you just need to shut up. Like, I, like I've always had a little issue with him. I've always thought that he, his rap, anytime he's rapped, he's always talking about other people in his raps. I mean, like, he's always quoting other other better rappers in his raps. That's how, that's what I've always felt with the game. He quotes Biggie, he quotes Puck, he quotes all these people. I'm not saying no one else does it, but it's like, for me, every time, every single tune I listen to of his, it's like that's all he was doing. So it's just, I'm just so not interested in who you slept with. I don't care. You're a dickhead. You're, you've just shown the how you actually think about women by listing them like this and, and no one should pay you any attention in fact i'm glad that people are actually saying to him why did you do this yeah so it's a weak ass move it's a shit move it's a dick move and um there needs to be more conversation about men's insecurities because i bet he doesn't feel like he's insecure why the hell are you going for these i mean look we can talk about timelines because forget if he if he forget the list for a second that he revealed it it could just be dating. It could just normally, like you met someone, you slept with them, apart from the sister situation, it is what, and apart from the one that's too, way too young, and depending on what, I'm not going to say that he did anything with her when she was young, we don't know that, but she was much younger than you anyway, so there's that. Um, it just could be like, this year he dated that, he did that one, he did that. It, it, that. That's not necessarily a problem, but we do need to look at why you felt so desperate enough to reveal it, because you're chasing clout. 
on and it's just boring and it's whack and it's dry you don't gain anything from it you look like a fool um and yeah what else can i say it's foolishness let's get the comments okay we have um mr tang says community peen and Sistrin says the women he has disrespected in this open naming should get together and offer a rating for him a low low rating so see how he likes it and mr tang says yep poor self-esteem looking clout from women a red border says game by name game by nature he is reckless and Ronald says, name dropping the famous women that you've had sex with is a sign that he is insecure and desperate for publicity or that somebody is has questioned his masculinity lately. Mm. So she was 18 and he was 34 when they dated. Well, fuck off, game. Oh, dated. Get out of town. Yeah. I don't know to say about that guy to be honest is dead to whack it's dry i like his penis probably <laughs> well that's what i'm saying ew and that's the thing sorry in comparison comparison to common people at least even though common is community peen people claim common and wearing proudly on their arm you know what i mean like i don't i don't know anyone that's been embarrassed to say that they've been with common no one talked about sleeping with a game no one, mm -hmm. none of these women have ever said yeah i dated the game you know, even 50 Cent had Vivica Fox. Chloe and uh, who did? Chloe did. I but remember I Chloe was going about Miami with him. But that's it. I mean... But does then... she own him, though? Like, no. Do you know what I mean? She was he just... Didn't, yeah. He didn't have man status. And, and I think that if I was the game and I was sitting in my mansion, <laughs> like I would be sitting there thinking to myself, why has nobody claimed me as their man? <laughs> It's like you said, it's like everyone said it. He's insecure and that's why he's dropped this list. Someone probably said to him, you can't even get ya. Like, you don't, when's the last time you had a girlfriend? I mean, if, I think he's in a relationship now, but they probably said, that's your first relationship. And he's like, no, no, no. I slept with this one. I slept with that one. And I slept with her sister too. But also it's that thing of actually that whole thing where you're not supposed to, that men aren't supposed to question why they haven't got a woman. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, women are always made to feel like, oh, I ain't got a man. What's wrong with me? Men don't think like that, or they're not raised to think, be, to think like, actually, what the fuck is wrong with me that I can't keep a woman down? They, also, they always think that even when the woman's doing them something, it's like they're in control. There needs to be such a breaking and dismantling. We, ha we have to. We have to. to be. Because in something like Common, I question, like, these are decent women who they seem to have other relationships so after you. So what's wrong with you? That yeah. you have not been able to settle. Like, there's something wrong with you. And that's yeah. the same as the game. How come nobody has been like your girlfriend? Like there's something wrong with you. So something. people just smash and dash. That means that you're probably lame. Yeah. But yeah, you, you, you haven't been given that. You don't even think like that. <laughs> <You're lame. laughs> um, <laughs> have we read all the comments before we move on? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So now it's time to know what's made you sad, mad and glad, ladies. It's very self-explanatory. Starting with Auntie Shade, are you ready? Yes, I am ready. Um, I don't have a sad. Uh, I do have a mad. My mad is of these LAPD uh, officers. Oh, hi, honey. When are you going to do that? Sorry, one second. Can you move, please? 
Thank you. Thanks. Okay, so come on, sit down. Um, so these officers uh, from LAPD, they uh, shared a uh, George Floyd-themed um, Valentine card saying, you take my breath away. So I'm very mad about that. And there's an investigation on that. Um, and I hope some people get fired without news and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I'm glad because when it was my nephew's birthday, the other day, Annie, happy birthday. And also uh, that there's news, there's rumorings, there's rumorings that we might be outside in March. And then there's also rumorings that we might, the clubs might come open this year as well. So if I could get, if I could go outside, <laughs> if I can get to a club, mate, oh my God. So I'm quite, I'm glad for even the thought of it, basically, at the moment. So yeah, those are mine. Thank, Thank you, you. Um, I am glad, um, more proud than glad. Um, I am very proud of my niece, Amira, who started her internship with a fashion stylist, a very famous fashion stylist. I won't name drop her, um, but she started it on Monday and she's doing amazingly well. Amira is just like, she's just the best. Um, and she, you know, she also did my uh, photography shoot for my brand on um, the weekend, too. So she's just doing big things. And I'm very, very proud of her. So that's my glad. My mad is all these fucking nonsense press reports about Megan and Harry. Megan and Harry announced the beautiful news that following the miscarriage that she had last year, they are going to be parents again. And they, you know, they did a photo shoot, which isn't unusual. The, you know, the, their friend did took the photos, which isn't unusual. And they announced that she's pregnant. And there was all this reports in the press saying, oh, woman who demands privacy, let 78 billion people know, whatever the fuck it was, 7.8 billion people know that she's pregnant. Isn't this? You couldn't make it up and all this stuff. It's just like, how can you find the time to talk negatively about someone who's going to have a baby? You just need help. All of you people that wrote all such negative things about Megan, you all need to sit down and chat to a therapist. Stop typing all this nonsense and go and chat to a therapist. And I'm also mad at all the people that really think that racism has nothing to do with it. Like you're you're smoking on a crack pipe. Um, and my sad is this weather. I know it's not snowing anymore and I'm quite happy for that, but it's really wet all the time. <laughs> it's just a lot. Like it's just... My my windscreens were just constantly dirty from the dirt on the road and the wet and the, and it's that weird sort of rain as well. So that's my sad. Did you have a glad? Did I miss it? I did. I said my niece. Yes, yes, yes. They started that way. Cool. Um, Auntie Nana. Okay, so my sad. Um, we had a, an, another death in the family. My cousin, um, who was he went by the name of Pastor SK passed um a few days ago to covid and he was just like a lovely lovely man like so full of energy like really vibrant person so that's been like a big blow to the family because he was a massive personality so that's been a sad one mad has been Piers Morgan and again with Megan it was just annoying because it's just like you could just allow her on this one especially somebody having a, a miscarriage and then coming forward to announce they're pregnant again is a huge 
thing because most people don't announce that they're pregnant after they've had a miscarriage and then they they announce it when the child is like really due like they get to seven months and it's kind of like okay because of the likelihood that they could have a labor and have a viable baby is it, it's more likely so it just felt really insensitive and it was just infuriating um so that was maddening and then i've been glad really thinking about this and i think it's just been daniel kalua like watching him just i was so proud because i just felt his press run was like a masterclass. I was thinking if I was an actor, and at one stage I really did want to be an actress, so I was watching him just like, ah, oh, this is just a round of applause. Like they should play this in in unis, in flipping drama schools. Like this is how you do a press tour. Like you have humility and honesty, and just like you speak from your cultural vantage point. Ah, oh, it was brilliant. So he made me really proud and happy and just like yeah this dude he he should be our uk ambassador it was brilliant yeah thank you um so my sad it's just a silly one today i warmed up a sticky toffee pudding in my microwave and i've had been so busy i forgot to eat it so it's now it's gone cold and i don't really feel the need to reheat it i might just throw it away but um yes i'm a bit sad about that <laughs> but i'm mad three things got me mad um three documentaries the australian dream athlete a and all, what's it, what's it called? Sorry, all in the fight for democracy. I'll quickly give them an overview and they're all available to watch. So the Australian Dream, also known as Australian Dream, is a feature-length documentary released in Australia in 2019 featuring Australian Football League AFL player Adam Goods. The film examines Australian Aboriginal identity and racism in modern Australia with the sustained booing of goods by spectators as a starting point. So, um, I didn't know much about him, but I, heard, I actually heard about this, like secondhand information, all that type of stuff. And I've always had a fascination or this interest in the plight of the Aborigine in Australia because we know they, we talk about racism, they've been fogged over. So this documentary is an interesting way in and it's available to watch on Amazon Prime UK. So you can watch that. Please watch it. Make it angry. But, you know, it's what it is, it's education as well. The other one is All in the Fight for Democracy also available on Amazon Prime. Now, this is a, around the campaign for St Stacey Abrams in America, the senator who's running for, I think, governor, senator of Georgia against Brian Kemp, if I remember. And basically, the fight for democracy examines the issue of voter suppression in the US. The film interweaves personal experiences with activism and historical insight to expose a problem that has corrupted America from the beginning. With the expertise of Stacey Abrams, the film offers an insider's look into the barriers to voting. And again, you see how... White men who run the world have literally suppressed black voters first, then Hispanic, and then East Asian and everybody else that wasn't um, that wasn't white American. Um, and again, again, it's information but annoying and irritating. Again, available on Amazon Prime. The other one available on Netflix UK is Athlete A. So I don't know if you guys heard about the um, the gymnastics team, American gymnastics team who were abused by their doctor, Larry Nassar. And I heard about the story and because I, and I love gymnastics and it's down to all girls, down to girls that are in the public eye now from even our own Gabby Douglas, we claim them because they're our nieces, Gabby Douglas and um, Simone Biles. They were also abused by him. And I can't, how many women was it? I think over 50 young girls um, came forward about this doctor abusing them. And it's also about the treatment of gymnasts in the run-up to being um, to being um, Olympic uh, athletes. 
the company, I think it's America, sorry, haven't got all my information together. Um, the company that uh, runs these athletes and stuff like that, they turned a blind eye just to make money. Um, basically just because they wanted their athletes to perform, make them money, and um, how they just turned a blind eye to all these girls being abused and what happened to them and how some girl, one girl wasn't picked for the Olympic team. And that was just the last, just literally the last Olympics, wasn't picked for the Olympic team because she spoke up about this abuse. Um, he's now in jail, thank God. But this is also a documentary to watch. It will make, piss you off as well. And it just, it actually makes you quite, it's another, it's a sad one because it's a state of humanity and it is orchestrated by a bunch of rich white men. So that, that made me very mad. I watched it over the weekend. I've been vexed. And uh, my glad is just on the con flip side of that, just, you know, when shit hits the fan, we manage it. We had shit hit the fan today. We managed it. Had a couple of things come up, come my way, like work-wise. We managed it. I just like the way we are able, we're resilient. My team is resilient. My peoples are resilient. My homies are resilient. And we managed to handle crisis with aplomb. So I'm really glad that we know how to do that. So that's it. Thank you. Um, has anyone got um, any more? Is there any comments of you? We have uh, a sad, mad, glad coming from Ronald. And he says, no mad, no sad, but a glad that a black congressman and the NAACP are suing Trump and Rudy Giuliani for the insurrection using a little known anti-Klan law from the 1800s because they put the lives of the black people in the capital in danger. Go on. <laughs> I, lo I love any type of action. Like wh yeah. whatever happens, like it still does something, even when it's when they have to spend money. So in the same way, um, the thing against Trump, is, it, it escapes me what just happened to the impeachment. He yeah. still has to pay lawyers. Like any type of like, oh, it was an inconvenience, I think is a, is a good step we should inconvenience people more yeah like we should do that like regularly yeah i think monica's bigging up the fact that kalia is ugandan she might possibly be i i, I purposely like left that out it's like, we should all claim him just because he's ugandan <laughs> he's, he's <an> <laughs> hey, you. if he was, was from ghana you'd be like yeah my brother my, brother. <laughs> my nephew my brother my cousin sorry monica <laughs> behavior i apologize <laughs> um, okay, so that's. Oh no, do we have an unpopular opinion? Yes. Um, so yeah, guys, my unpopular opinion is: you know when you're like um, you're talking on WhatsApp, you're messaging back and forth with someone on WhatsApp and that kind of thing, and like you know you're having a conversation and they just switch the voice notes. <laughs> drives me insane. No warning, nothing. It <laughs> It just gets it just gets thrown in there. No consideration where I am, what I'm doing. It's not it's not just Auntie AK. She does it a lot. She does it a lot. Not, not just her. Um, you know, I just think like people should have more consideration. Like I don't necessarily. I'm not always in an environment. I know we work from home, but I could be in a meeting, <laughs> messaging. So I don't, it's not always convenient for me to like listen to your voice notes so yeah i think just a warning please guys before you're gonna do that Thanks. i will never stop because it's convenient for me and my comeback is you don't have to listen at the time anyway thank you guys you start doing more if no one's answered you you start doing multiple 
No. Anyway, that's unless you say I can't talk right now, and I'm just like, okay, I leave my point, and when you get back to me, get back to me, isn't it? The thing is, this is the thing. It's just like you don't know if it's important or not. That's the thing. It's just like, and also you assume that because it's a voice note, it's more important. Because why would you switch from texting that is direct and immediately to something actually takes more time to do? and have more concentration. So therefore it's got a higher level of importance. And then only to listen to it, find out it's not important. So it's just very, no, no, no. You need to give a warning. Just say like, I'm gonna voice note, okay? And that could be like, yeah. Okay, I was, I'm happy to do that. I'm going to voice. I, I think I did that to you a lot, Nana, this week. Because to me, for me, it's easier than typing. Unless I'm on WhatsApp web, where I can type with my hands, it is easier. Sometimes it's like, oh, fuck it, I can't bother to write it all. Because I'm not really good with my thumbs and, stuff on the phone that's my reason anyway i don't, I just don't mind yours i don't know what i absolutely hate it as well but there's something about yours it doesn't bother me like i will respond back in a voice note as well but some people will get air because it pisses me off i don't know i, I just instantly i'm annoyed you you sent yeah. me a I'm, I'm it's just one. I, I, i've never been obviously because i do so i haven't thought about it but i, I understand maybe like I think it is that thing of like, I can't listen. So I do get that. Like, I can't listen, so you're assuming I can listen. I think then give fair warning. Like, it's not that deep. I just can't bother to type. I think people do say I can't bother to type. I'm just going to voice note. So I, I, I will try and warn. Yeah, when you say that, it's fine. When you caveat it and say, I can't type, I can't type right now, that's fine. Just to be clear, yeah, people watching, this is not just Auntie AK. So there's other people watching. I know this is you. Stop yeah. it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay. Stop it. Calm down. Now everybody knows because yeah. when I blanked a voice note, now they know why it was blank. <laughs> you know what? I feel attacked. People who voice note, I feel, we feel attacked. I feel attacked. Anyway, guys, that's it. We thank you for sticking with us. We know we went over. Thank you for being with us tonight for your Aunties Can Never episode 49. Please don't forget to join us every Tuesday back at 5 p.m. This was a glitch. Back at 5 p.m. as usual, UK time. Um, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, and then our episodes, the audio version for our podcast, available on all listening platforms, uh, comes out on a Saturday. And you can listen to back episodes as well. Do listen back, because we're quite funny, and we've, we've evolved. It's great. It's nice listening back to our shows. And also tonight, we're going to be on Clubhouse in about an hour and 20 minutes, um, talking about... What are we talking about today? Oh, oh my God, I left off the mad. My mad, Kevin Samuels, we're going to be talking about whether this brutal self, self-help gurus, self-imposed, self-proclaimed gurus are necessary. There's a guy called Kevin Samuels who's doing the rounds right now. There's another guy who's teaching guys how to be men or date. It's just, I think it's unnecessary. You don't need to, horrible, you don't need to be horrible, but it, we, are, it, we are where we are. But anyway, we're going to be talking about something like that and some of the other stuff that we talked about in the show tonight on Clubhouse at 10 p.m. Please join us. And I think... That's it. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter as well and Instagram as well. Like, comment, and subscribe as usual. Good night, people. Thank you. Set time. So, ten o'clock. Clubhouse. Mel insecurity. We're talking about. Okay. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> that was it in a nutshell. So, see you soon. Ten o'clock. Clubhouse. Join us. Your aunties could never. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>